You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Turn your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke in the 13th chapter, and we're going to start in this chapter and preach a, uh, on a topic this morning. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of words, I believe, that are misunderstood in the world that we live in. There's a lot of words, you ever find words that seem to change meaning? Uh, there's a lot of words that you can just say the word and it automatically, it, it can revoke a reaction. And I believe the word that I want to preach about today is kind of one of those words. It's a word that does revoke a reaction. It's a word that I believe is often misunderstood. And that's why sometimes within churches it can revoke a reaction. But I want to preach on this thought today. And I want to preach, I guess I was thinking of it this way, out of preaching starting in Luke 13, is repentance a bad word? Is repentance a bad word? Now, we know it's not a profane word, but it's a word that you don't hear a whole lot in churches today, in Christian circles. And, and I dare say, and I say unfortunately, that sometimes you hear it and it is not taught correctly. And it's therefore misunderstood, the word repentance. And so, is repentance a bad word? And really, I guess if anything today, I would want us before we're done today, that we can all understand what repentance is what repentance is look in Luke 13 and this may answer the question is repentance a bad word but Luke 13 verses 1 through 5 the Bible says there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices and Jesus answering said unto them suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall all likewise perish. So let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us as we deal with this oft either neglected and very oft misunderstood topic. Please help me to preach with clarity and with understanding I pray that you'll illuminate these words. I pray you'll anoint uh, those of us that are here to receive this message. God, if there's anyone here, God, that's not saved by the grace of God, I pray that you'll help them to see their need for repentance today. And for those of us that are saved by the grace of God, I pray that you'll help us to see how repentance should be a part of our lives on a daily basis. And we'll thank you for that, dear Lord, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Well, I guess I can't answer the question, is repentance a bad word? And that is no, it's not a bad word. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I, I'm going to try to avoid telling you all what repentance is not, but I do want to cover a couple things that repentance is not. Because I don't want you to leave being able to say, well, repentance isn't this and it isn't this, without the most important thing is, is that you can leave saying, this is what repentance is according to the Bible. God's Word. Not the Baptist or not Pastor Jesse, but what God's Word says about repentance. The Bible has a lot to say about repentance. First of all, I want to look at the mandate for repentance. Jesus, did you know that the very first message that Jesus preached was a message of repentance? The very first message that John the Baptist preached was a message of repentance. Jesus says in Matthew 4.17, from that time forth, Jesus began to preach and to say, and here's, here's, here was His message, the first message Jesus preached, the very first word, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And yes, you understand in the context that He was preaching that to the nation of Israel, but as you go through the Word of God, you find out that that's not just a principle to the nation of Israel. The last message he ever gave to the church is proof of that. In Revelation 3.19, he says, As many as I love, and uh, as many as I love, here's what he says, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. So the very first word in Jesus' first recorded sermon is repent. The last word in Jesus' last recorded sermon to the church is repent. That's good. Amen. Uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting places where you find the word repent. But did you know the last word that we ever have spoken that's recorded that was spoken from hell is the word repent? When the rich man that died and went to hell prayed that the Lord would send uh uh, send uh, someone back to uh, preach, to send them to um, uh, go and tell Lazarus. He wanted to send Lazarus back to warn his brothers of this awful place called hell. And he literally said uh, that, uh, that, that, they would, that they would hear the message and that they would repent. And of course, uh, the, the, uh, the Lord uh, denied that request, but repent was one of the very last words that was recorded from hell. Now in our context, just to get an idea of Jesus preaching this message of repentance, twice He says in this passage, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And just to put into context that you know what was going on here, people were talking about, number one, some people who were put to death by Pilate. And then others that had a tower fall upon them and they perished. And they were wondering what sins these men had committed to suffer such a terrible fate. But Jesus said, no, these men did not die because they were more sinful than anyone else. He says, you don't just experience trouble or death or you don't just perish because you're worse than other people. He says, it's, it's a mandate to all mankind to repent. To repent. Now, the mandate for repentance... It's clear in the Word of God. But now this is the important part, isn't it? 
Because you may be sitting there saying, okay, help me to understand what repentance is. Before I tell you what repentance is, I want to be very clear on what repentance is not. When we talk about the meaning of repentance, I want to say this, and I cannot stress this enough, that Bible repentance is not a works salvation. That's important to understand. And the reason that's important to understand is you may hear people preaching repentance as a work salvation. And when you hear that, hopefully by the time you're, that I'm done with this message, you will at least have enough tools to go study this for yourself and then to be able to come to the conclusion on what does the Bible say about repentance. And you can hear a message like that and you can say, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. One of the errors that takes place often within the New Testament church and among Bible preachers and teachers Uh, The Bible warns, I believe it's in 1 Timothy, about those who swerve. Anybody ever swerve? Uh, I've heard that when it comes to deer. That people that are involved in accidents with deer, that there's more people that are hurt by trying to avoid the deer than are that hit the deer. In other words, they see the deer, first thing they do is just jerk the wheel. Go into the other lane. Go off the road and flip or run into a pole or something like that. They swerve. And I use that as an example because that's what a lot of people do. Some of you have heard someone preach repentance as a works salvation. And so maybe you've gone and heard someone else and as a result of them hearing that message, you swerve the other way because there's some that swerve so far and say, oh no, 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 repentance is not involved in salvation. But did you know that Jesus also commanded that people repent and believe the gospel? And again, so you'll find out that some swerve and say repentance is not a part of salvation. That's something we do after we get saved. It is something we do after we got saved, but it is involved in salvation. You say, well, which is it? Well, it's, 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 it's involved there. It's not a work of, it's not a work on our part. I'll try to explain it the best I can. Bible repentance, again, is not a work salvation. It's a vital part of the glorious message of salvation by grace through faith. Yes, repentance is involved, is a part of, by grace through faith. Think about this. By grace, God so loved the world and gave His only begotten Son. Jesus died on the cross. He shed His blood because He carried our sins. He died. He, was, he rose again. By grace, He sends the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God into this world so that people can hear about this glorious message. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose again the third day. Amen. That's the grace of God. And so... He, but he, but he, he gives the Word of God so that in the Spirit of God to reveal and to convict us about the reality of our position and the proof of, our, of, of His position, uh, provision. Okay, what is our position? Here's what we learn from the truth of the Gospel. Number one, yes, Jesus died. But why did He have to die? Anyone? Sin. Not His sin our sin. So the whole message of the cross teaches us about sin. Not His sin, 
our sin. The sin of all the world. So it, it, it teaches us that we are sin. Now, are we sinners? Uh, or let me ask you this. Do we, are we sinners because we sin or do we sin because we're sinners? Somebody could argue both and just say yes, and that's probably true. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible does not teach, and by the way, nature does not teach, psychology doesn't teach, science cannot teach this. There's, there's flawed philosophy that teaches that we're born good and go bad. But I don't feel like I need to stress. I mean, to me, that's, that's not even common sense. We, we, we're not taught to do bad things, we just do them. Now, we may be taught worse things and do them worse, but you don't have to teach a child to be mean, to lie, and we've covered that already, uh, to do bad things. We are all born into sin. Okay, so that's the truth we learn as well through the Word and through the Spirit of God. So we learn that we're dead, we're lost in sin, we're blinded and bounded by sin. And something I want you to pay really close attention to as I give you this this morning, as I go through this particular part, is the way I'm using the word sin. I'm not saying necessarily about sins as much as I am about sin. Remember, we sin. Why does an apple tree bear apples and not oranges? Yeah, because it's an apple tree, right? Why do we bear sin? Because we're sinners. At the root is where the problem is really at. So we learn that we're blinded and bound by sin. The sin is the burden of our hearts. It is sin that separates us and puts us at enmity with the holy God. Alright? So by grace, we learn all that. By grace, God did what He did. By grace, that includes Him bringing the message to our hearts. Through the Word... And through the Spirit. And by the way, we could go more in depth and talk about how that before we ever hear the Word, God puts within every man a conscience. Every man has a conscience. Now, you, uh, to let your conscience be your guide, uh, you can go wrong with your conscience. Amen. You can, a conscience can be seared. A conscience can be past feeling. Right. But a conscience is a good thing that's been given us by God to help us as well. But it's not the conscience that we can't just be saved from admitting, oh, wow, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. But when we learn about the holiness and the truth of God, so there's more layers to that. But I want to say, that's by grace. So the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So through faith, we believe that we believe what He has revealed to us about ourselves. By faith, we accept. You know what? Yes, I have sinned. I am lost without God. I have sinned against God. We believe, we believe that we're separated. We believe that which He reveals about us, and we believe that which He reveals about Himself. What did He reveal to us about Himself? He loves us. There is a penalty to be paid for sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we believe what He says about Himself. He loves us. He paid the penalty. And if we will just simply turn from 
or let go, exchange our sins for His righteousness, we can be saved and we'll be saved forever. See, last week I used an example, and, and I was hoping Shane would be here again today, but he's not because he helped me last week. I'll just get Evan to help me this week. Last week, I did something a little bit different. Well, we'll do this. Yeah, we'll do it this way. All right. You know, you hold that. Last week we did something. I was, I was using the Bible as an example of a gift, and I was talking about the gift of salvation. Here's a really cool thing that, that I kind of, I've left out of that illustration for years. One of the things that I forgot to mention was this. That one of the things that God reveals to us about His Word is something that Evan's got in his hands right now. He's holding on to something. He has something into, in his life right now. And it's unbelief. And that's the sin we're talking about here today. It's not about, you know what, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit doing whatever other sin it is. Uh, it's not about, I'm, just, I'm going to quit that and I'll be... No, it's not about that. It's about going all the way to the root. That's right. So we have sin. The gift of God I came with last week and offered to shame. The, God purchases the gift. He paid for it on the cross. It, it's for you. It's, it's an individual gift for you. But not only do you reach out and take it, but here's really what you do in essence. Oh yeah. You've got a choice to make to accept this, but basically you've got an exchange to make. Yeah. Come on. You can't take this and hold on to that at the same time. He's got to be willing to give me this, and then he takes that. He's right. So what do we learn from that? Basically, it's this. See what the Bible says is that God, He put our sins. Jesus carried. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He, God, hath made Him to be sin for us. Jesus. So He put our sins onto Jesus. He hath made Him to be sin for us, He who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In essence, God is saying this. What salvation basically is, is God saying, Here, I want to give you my righteousness in exchange for your sin. That's right. That's a way to look at it. And when I'm talking about repentance, and we may not use the word, you may have not heard the word. And by the way, that's the way some people are. Did you know the word? Did you say the word? You know, it's like, you don't have to know the word. But did you do it? Did you you say, you know what? Yes. Because you recognize, man, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. You acknowledge that. And you just and but then but then you have the message, but will you accept me? Yes, I will. I mean, it's just like this. Has anybody ever I, I hate to admit that I've got off on the wrong exit. What I really hate to admit <laughs> is that uh, I remember one time I was driving with Brother James Ruckman, and uh, I think I was we were coming back, I I take him all the way over to the Mayo Clinic. And I was bringing him home. And uh we got off on an exit somewhere off of I-90 going through South Dakota. Got off on an exit. It's late at night, man. I think we'd already driven there, driven back. It was a long time. I was tired. I'm trying to give you reasons why I did something stupid, okay? I guess why I'm giving you all these excuses. <laughs> but uh, we got back on the interstate, and we was coming up, and, you know, east this lane, west this lane, and I'm like, uh, yeah, east. Let's go east. Oh, I just come from east. But I'm going east. And uh, I'm going that way and pretty soon. And, I, and I'm not even paying much attention. I usually pay pretty good attention when I drive, but I wasn't. 
this particular time. Unless my wife's with me, and I'm usually paying attention to her. Amen? She's like, quit looking at me and look at the road. But I'm like, it's your fault. But anyway, uh, I'm going down the road, and, and all of a sudden, I think it might even been Brother Ruckman. He's like, Brother, did we just pass Mitchell again? You know, or something. I don't know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we did. I'm like, which way are we going? Okay. You know what Jesus said? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know what repentance is? I had to repent. Now, in my pride, I could have said, you know, no, no, we're going to get there, you know. This will get us there eventually. I mean, I may have to go all the way to Massachusetts and get on a a boat and come back around and pick it up uh, on the other side of the world, but we'll get there by going this direction, by golly. But that would have been a difficult trip, amen? Or I could humble myself, and when I'm coming up, I realize the truth is presented to me. I'm going the wrong way. My whole life, I've been going the wrong way. I've been lost in sin. I've been deceived by religion. I've been told all my life that I just if I just stay on this way with my church, I'll be good. But I learned that Jesus said it's the, that the Baptist church is not the way, the truth, and the life. The Lutheran church is not the way, the truth, and the life. The Catholic church, or you know, you just whichever, none of those are the way. I found out how many of you found out Jesus didn't say that church's baptism is the way, being a good person is the way. Jesus said, I'm the way. Amen. Well, here's what happens. When that happens, you say, wait a second, I'm going the wrong direction. So what do you do if you got any sense? Y'all don't tell anybody, but there's been times I've been going the wrong way. And by golly, if there's one of them places that say, you know, official traffic only, well, y'all know me, you know, I'm just like, I'm official. (laughs) I officiate things. Um... Or whatever it says, you know. But you don't tell anybody about that one. But unless you're asked, and then you got to tell them. But anyway, but there's other times that you mean, you know what? Just go get off on that next exit, turn around, and go the other way. And that, right, that's repentance. And it's just simply saying, I've been on the wrong way, Lord Jesus. I want to get on the right way. Amen. So understand this about repentance. Repentance is not saying, Oh my gosh. There's people that try to do this stuff. I think there's a sin I forgot to repent of. I think there's a sin I forgot to say I'm sorry for. You're missing it. To me, you know one of the the greatest places... I want to say this. what What I'm telling you about repentance right now is that repentance is reasonable. It's not hard. It's not all convoluted. Please turn with me to John 3. John 3... And I want to give you what I feel like is a simple illustration that God gives here. And again, by the way, you know, and if, if somebody's thinking, well, I can't believe He said you don't have to say repentance or know what the word repentance is in order to repent. Read the Bible, man. It's used a lot. But, you know, that, it's not always... When, when, when Jesus led the woman at the, to the, at the well to, the, to Himself... There's repentance involved there. He never said it. He, he, he brought her sin to, to light and so forth. But notice this. We're talking about bringing things to light. John 
So John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, the, the, the reason that if we're not saved, if you're not saved, the reason you need to repent is because you're separated from God and you're on a highway. The Bible says it's a broad way that's leading to hell. That God does not want you to go to. That's why Jesus went to the cross. It's not His will that any should perish. But verse 18 is important because a lot of times people get confused and they think, well, I've never done this, so I don't have to worry about hell and separation from God. Notice what the Bible says again in verse 18. He that believeth on Him is is not condemned. What do you have to do to be condemned? Keep on reading. But he that believeth not, not kill somebody, not abuses people, not that blasphemes God, not that whatever other sin you can think of. No. He that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's why you'll hear it said sometimes, the sin that Evan needed to repent of and exchange is in essence the sin of unbelief. There may be some other evidences of that sin, But at at, at the heart, it's just the fact that we were lost. We were born sinners. But when we believe on the Lord, we turn to the Lord. And notice what the Bible goes on to say there in verse 19. And this is the condemnation. Why are people condemned? That light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That teaches us something important. The main reason people do not want to come to Christ, I want to tell you this, from the scientific level, from the religious level, at the heart of it, it's not a scientific problem. Because true science and the Bible are in agreement. It's not a philosophical, because logic, philosophy that really adds up and the Bible agree. You know, because... So some people just think, if I can just reason with this person, it's not a problem of the intellect. Amen. Now, I believe in trying to use these facts and science and apologetics. I enjoy apologetics. I love apologetics. I, I, I believe in trying to use the facts of creation and so forth to help convince people and help to, to bring up the conversation. But there's a reason why people are still holding on to lie out and out lies and fairy tales in regards to our origins and you go back and you read some of the philosophers and one of the things you need to understand about much of atheism and so forth the heart of it is not found in science it's found in philosophy it's the philosophers that come up with these uh, reasons why. But, but many of these philosophers will just tell you, I believe, it, I believe Aldous Huxley is an example. And you could just about go right down the line. One of the main reasons that they say that they do not want to acknowledge that there's the existence of any God is because they want to live the way they want to live without consequences. 
They do not like the idea of their sin being brought into light. And I'm just telling you that to say, understand that at the heart of man's problem is a problem with the heart. And the biggest problem with people is a lot of times is they love their sin too much to turn from their sin. And until they can see that sin for what it is, a cancer that needs to be removed, not a, just a little problem, not just a little sickness, it is something that needs to be taken out. Then they can never be saved. Verse 20, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest their deeds should be, made, should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, here it is, this is repentance, cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And so, one of the greatest things to understand about sin and about repentance is that sin is what brings, sin's got to be dealt with. See, sin separates, repentance restores. And to understand what sin really is, I use the example, and I've got another page and a half that I'm not going to preach, don't worry. But I do want to at least give this, um, what it really means to repent. And, and, and really kind of the benefits of repenting. Repentance is necessary because of sin. People often want the consequences of their sin dealt with without addressing the cause. Let me just try to give some quick examples here. Again, let's get back out on the highway. I'm going down the highway. I'm going the wrong way. I realize this way is not the direction I want to go. That I'm supposed to be going. I'm going south and I'm supposed to be going north. So I get off on the next exit and I head east. Okay? Well, I'm no longer going south, but I'm still not going north. See, that's the person that says, you know what? I think I'll join the church. I think I'm going to try to start doing better. I think I'm just going to make things better in my life. You know, I want to be a better person. And it's good to want to be a better person, but it's understanding the fact that it's not, that's not just what repentance is. Repentance is, I'm going the wrong way. I need Christ. Amen. I need Christ. I don't need a different church. I don't need a different drug. I don't need a different religion. I don't need any of that. I need the Lord in my life. Amen. Um, by the way, so people often want the consequences of their sin dealt with without addressing the cause. By the way, this is why religion is so popular. But if repentance is not involved... The problem is covered and not, excuse me, sufficiently dealt with. It keeps surfacing. By the way, a lot of religions feed into that. Your sin's never dealt with. It keeps coming up. Well, maybe try this next time. Maybe give a little bit more this time. Maybe come a little bit more. Maybe do a little more. And people do all these things trying to but see, the, the thing of sin, the, the issue is still not dealt with. And again, I hate using, I, I hate cancer, don't you? I hate it, I despise it. And if someone has cancer, they may like the idea, I mean, there's not one of us that want to go to the doctor and hear the word cancer. For ourselves, for our loved ones, most of us have had to hear that, either for ourselves or for many of us, for our family member. Worst thing to hear. Now, that being the case, it would kind of be nice to go to the doctor 
And you know what? Matter of fact, I, uh, man, I, I had some, some levels that was marking high a couple years ago. And they said, well, we want you to go uh, see a specialist up in Sioux Falls. And when I got up there, man, I was up there and I'm looking around. I'm like, my gosh, this is, uh, this is like for uh, bone marrow cancer. And, and I can't remember what I, I was on a cancer, uh, seeing a, a cancer doctor of sorts. And I'm like, oh boy, well, this is kind of scary. Well, thankfully, the doctor came out and said, man, you're healthy. You're fine. It's all good. And that was great. That it wouldn't have been, and I felt great about that. But you know what? It would have been bad if I did have cancer and he come told me that. And nobody wants to hear that they've got cancer. Nobody wants to hear that prognosis. You know, especially depending on what it may be. But we need to hear it. And I, it may be nice to hear somebody say, oh, it's fine. But I may just need a doctor to look at me and say, buddy, you've got cancer. Here's, here, here's where it's at. Here's what we can do. We need to be aggressive about it. We need to take care of it right away. We need to get it removed. Amen. See, because if we're not careful, we have the wrong idea when it comes to the Bible and God addressing our sin. That which separates from Him. Puts us at enmity with Him. It separates us from our families. It causes misery and despair in our own lives. It destroys us. Just like a cancer. And so when God is saying you need to repent of your sin, He's saying that same thing. You've got something you need to get out of your life and get dealt with. And here's what repentance is the remedy to do that. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 8.11... It talked about the false prophets of their day. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And so, repentance is basically this in a nutshell. It's the recognition of sin. It's remorse, which is a reaction to the recognition of sin. In other words, the Bible calls it a godly sorrow. It's not a sorrow that I got caught it's a sorrow that I've sinned and I'm Amen. separated from God. Amen. And then there's the decision to reverse it, which is simply salvation by grace through faith. I believe the Lord will forgive me. I believe that the Lord will cleanse me. Lord, I turn to You today. And while we all stand, I'm just going to jump right and give you this last point. The motive for repentance. I didn't get to preach about Christian repentance much today. Maybe I can do that in days to come. But I hope you can understand repentance. The true and a good motive for repentance. The Bible says we're all sinners. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30, that God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. See, repentance is the only way to remove the curse of of sin and of guilt. Your heart will never find rest apart from repentance. The Bible says the wicked are like the troubled sea which cannot rest. But what what repentance does, friend? It allows God to bring a work <laughs> of peace in your life. You can't cling to sin and Jesus at the same time. You know what the Bible says? Jesus came to save us from our sin. Amen. And basically repentance is letting Him do just that. That's right. Okay, Lord, I'm letting go. Okay, Lord, I'm letting go. I want You. 
I'll, I'll exchange my sin for your righteousness. And while Miss Sonia comes to play, I'll ask you this question today. Do you need to repent? Child of God, I didn't get to preach a whole lot about it, but repentance ought to be an active part of our lives. Because we stray and we wonder. Believe, understand this. Getting forgiveness of our sins does not mean that we never sin again. Yeah. I wished it did, but it don't. Amen. We still sin. We still come short and the Lord says, return to me. Return to me. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you're here today and you're not saved, I pray you'll repent today. You say, how do I do that? It's simple. You just recognize. Recognize that you've sinned. Recognize that your sin has separated you from God, but that Jesus has paid the penalty for your sin. And just simply accept that. Turn from your sin. Turn to Jesus. What did He say there in John 3? Turn from the darkness to the light. That's simply it. Just saying, okay, Lord, I believe. You see that? It's by grace through faith. It's not a work. It's by grace through faith. There's a great example, of course, in Romans that I love to use, but it's in Romans chapter number 10 where the Bible says this. This is why the Bible says that if thou shalt believe... I'm sorry, that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. See, repentance is really a change of mind, which is to say a change of heart that ultimately results in a change of our will and a change of our steps, of our actions. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, turn. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you are not saved by God's grace, would you be willing right now to repent? You say, what do I need to do? You just need to let go and let God. You just need to right now from your heart be able to cry out and say a prayer something like this from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, before You right now, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. But Lord, I believe that You went to the cross to pay for my sin, to restore the relationship that sin cost me. Lord, I pray You'll forgive me of my sin, come into my heart and my life and be my Savior and my Lord. Now those words in and of themselves, if not prayed from the heart, mean very little. But if you can pray a prayer like that from your heart, you can be saved today. Turn from your sin. Turn to the Lord. I know many have already come, but I want to sing at least a stanza or two of this, just as I am. That's great the way God takes you, ain't it? See, some people say, oh, I've got to go repent of a bunch of things and then I'll come. Oh, no, no, no. Amen. No, it's not the way it works. You don't go repent of a bunch of things. You just repent of your unbelief. Amen. And you come to the Lord and the Lord will help you with those other things. Amen.